0: following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, it makes me happy when they don't introduce me as Senior Pastor Rex Johnson because those are mighty, mighty big shoes to fill. So, um, you know, here's, if you don't know anything about me, let me share one thing about me. I really enjoy longhorn football now oh jesus help me i have to be honest i i try not to let it get to me sometimes but i enjoy it to the point where i have to pray about it sometimes you know what i'm saying like y'all y'all just leave me up here i know y'all don't enjoy anything like that that's fine but last night after the game it just wasn't good you know i was I knew I had to preach today, and I was like, listen, you can't allow that to... I was, I won't say depressed, but I was nine near close. Frustrated, Uh, my kids were asleep, so it's like you have the pillow over your face screaming, you know what I'm talking about? It was, seriously, I think I did that. But, here's as bad as the night was for me, like I like it to that point where it just really gets to me, and then I, I can shake it off, but it was hard last night to shake it off until, this is beautiful... I was, I, I was about to lay in bed, and I looked at the clock, and all of a sudden, the night that was so bad just got that much better because I realized that I was going to get an extra hour of sleep. Come on, are you grateful for an extra hour of sleep? And I told my wife that. I said, as bad as it was, like, I'm so much more happier now. Like, I don't even care that we just lost. I I get to sleep an extra hour. So, you know what that means, right? No sleeping during my message today. Uh Uh-uh. You had coffee. You got an extra hour of sleep. That means that I'm going to need a few more amens this morning. Amen. Amen. Woo! I kid, I kid. Hey, it's an honor to stand before you any time that I have the privilege of of preaching to such an incredible group of people, I don't take it lightly, Pastor. Thank you um, every time for the opportunity uh, that you allow me uh, to speak to this incredible church. And today I have the opportunity uh, to to open a new series that we're going to be talking about throughout the month of. November, and I'm really excited about what God wants to do. Listen, we came off of a a pretty deep series in the Four Cups where we explored a lot of the Old Testament and and the Passover and all of that that type of stuff, but here's what we believe, listen, is that there's times, and there's a lot of times, that, that you should walk into church... And you should experience. You should have goosebumps. You know what I'm saying? Like where God just does something immediately in your life, where He changes things in a moment, and He can and He does do that quite often. But we also believe that the Word of God is the best road map that we have to live our lives out daily. Right? Yeah. So. It's got to be a combination of both, and so I think this series we're, we're going to do a little bit of both. And if you have a pen, if you have some paper, over the next several weeks, you're going to want to take some notes because we are we're diving into a series that we are entitling "Masquerade." Masquerade, yeah. I got a little ooh over here. That's good. You're, see, you're more awake than you even knew this morning. This is this is good. But we've just come through a season. Um, that really when September 1st rolls around, every mom, and it's usually moms because dads, were not this organized, let's be honest, dads. Every mom uh, around September 1st, because you're good like that, you have an alert that goes off on your phone. And you know what it says, September 1st, right? It says, you got to buy a costume for your child, right? That, that's what your alert says because any parent that is a decent parent knows that if you wait till the last minute... Everything's going to be you're going to find one and they're not going to have the size that you need for your child You're going to what, what do I do? And so you know what's left here? Here's here's what sometimes we choose Where, where's the, This is what you end up with <laughs> And you're in a predicament, aren't you? You are because what your kid can't show up without a costume But that's all that's left and talk about just crushing your kid's self-esteem parents And so you'll spend a lot of money on poop emojis. <laughs> and you justify, well, I mean, it's kind of cute. No, it's not cute. It's never been cute. But it gets worse than that because not only do you spend money on your kids' costumes that are just awful sometimes, but, but you, you search and search for the perfect costume for you. You. And this is where it gets awkward sometimes, I'm not going to lie, because you actually think, you show your age really is what it is, because you think that this is cool. (laughs) No, this costume is not cool. It's never been cool, parents, moms, dads. This was never cool. And we've just come through a season, right, where where costumes and masks are all the rage. We we've, we've spend hundreds of dollars perfecting it. And although the season is over, here, here's the truth of the matter, is that you and I will go through the rest of the year and we'll jump into 2018 wearing masks that we will never take off. That we deal with stuff that we, that we put on throughout the year, and, and instead of allowing the season to end, we forget to take them off because we just don't want to deal with some of the issues that are going on in our lives. And the truth of the matter is, is that we all, right, we have issues. We have this other side. Some of us have what you would call the dark side. And so I want you to think about it for a minute today. What is, what is the one thing about you that if you could, you would change? What's the one thing that, that maybe you've recognized that you need to change, but it's been really, really difficult for you to work on? Or what, what's the one area that, that if anybody knew about you, that they would never like you again? Like they would, they would cease to be friends with you because it's that bad. And here's the issue, right? Is that most of us will spend more time trying to cover up these issues than trying to fix these issues, and to get better, and to get to get well, and to get healthy. And so, what do we do? We put on. That's what we do. We put on these masquerades, and we've been taught this. We've seen it play out from you know in, in our families. We've seen it play out in social media, in all aspects of our lives, and we actually sometimes even do this throughout. The church world, we tend to dress up a little bit nicer, right? When we, when we come to church, we smile and we wave and we act more religious in this moment. But if some of us were honest, you would probably say that your life looks a little bit different Monday through Saturday than it does when you walk in here on Sunday, And it's not really that we want to be that way, right? It's not like that we're just set out to be different than we are when we come in here on Sundays, but we actually just never dream that things could really get better, that what we deal with and struggle with could actually change. We think that it's just, this is how I am, so I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. And so we walk into church and we put on, we walk into our jobs and we put on, we walk into our homes after work and we put on these masquerades. And Webster would tell us that the definition of masquerade is an action or an appearance that is merely a disguise or for show. And so while we have all of these issues going on in our world, we walk through every aspect of our life acting as if everything is just a-okay, covering up with something else, putting something else on just so we don't have to deal with what's really going on in our world. And I love Paul. Paul. I love Paul because all throughout the word of God, Paul writes about his shortcomings. He's so, he's so vulnerable and, and he's incredibly honest. And he would write this in 2 Corinthians. He says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, which is what we do, right? Instead of fixing it, we, we maneuver it. We, we try to manipulate it. But he says, rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. And so the truth is, we all have a tendency to put on. It could be here at church. It could be on your job. It could be on Facebook. And so over the next several weeks, it is our goal. Listen, we're going to do our very best to get extremely real, to peel back the layers of some things that you just haven't had the courage to deal with in a really, really long time that you wanted to deal with, that you know you need to deal with, some areas that you know you need to get right, but it's just so difficult because we've been putting on for years and years and years. And so we're going to do our best to peel back the layers and to take off the masquerades that we have been wearing for so many, many years. And you're going to have a tendency. you got to stay with me, okay? You're going to have a tendency, and I want to expose it before it really even happens you're going to hear things that you're going to totally agree with, but you're going to want to push back. You're, you're going to, yeah, 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 but, I mean, uh, you, th- this is going to happen. I promise you, just wait and see. You're, you're going to feel it in a moment. You're going to want to say things like, well, oh, that might be true for everyone else, but, but I don't know if that applies to me. You're, you're going to say that. I promise you it's going to come to your mind, and it might even come out of your mouth. Because some of the things that we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks are incredibly, incredibly challenging. We're going to be discussing topics that, I don't know a better way to say it, they're going to get all up in your business. It's going to be fun though. But be honest, right? Peeling off the mask for the first time in a long time might be slightly painful at first Exposing your eyes to the sunlight for the first time in a long time Might take a little bit of time to get used to and adjust to but, but in the end, listen, if you're willing to do it It's going to be much better for not only you But for your family, for your co-workers For every aspect of your life And so that's what we're going to do over the next several weeks And if you'll do this, listen, if you will put these practices into play, I will go out on a limb and say that you will see that your life is drastically better than when we started this series. We want to challenge you to deal with some areas that you haven't had the courage and the faith to deal with in a really, really, really long time. And so this morning, I want to open up one area that I I think I can say without question that every individual in this room struggles with. That you deal with it on perhaps a daily basis, but you deal with it regularly. It's an area that behind the mask is extremely painful sometimes. And some of us are are worn down by it, to be honest with you. And it's the idea of conflict. Conflict. Oh, great, Brad. This is going to be fun. And we look at our lives and they're nice sitting in. This church building, when people ask us how we're doing, oh, I'm great, I'm, I'm wonderful, how are you? All the time, we're not okay. We're struggling, we're frustrated, we have issues, we have scuffles, we have fights, we have arguments and things going on in our world that some of you are literally holding on to your last thread saying, if it happens one more time... If they, I, I can't, listen, I can't take one more argument. I can't take one more conflict. I can't take one more conversation like this. You are at your wit's end. And so what do we do sometimes when it comes to conflict? Sometimes, especially in a setting like this, a large setting, we mask conflict with laughter. But it doesn't work that way. Proverbs chapter 14 would say this, laughter cannot mask a heavy heart because when the laughter ends... The grief remains. And this is, a, this is a sad reality because some of us show up week after week and, and you take good notes and you, you worship during the worship set, but you, you walk back out into the world and guess what? The grief remains. In fact, some of you are going through situations and issues in your life and the tragedy is is that even some of the people that are the very closest to you have no idea what you're dealing with. You've masked it with laughter and a smile and an I'm okay. Everything's fine. Thank you. How are you? And it's been my experience in my almost 35 years on this earth that few people handle conflict the right way consistently. Very few people. And so let's unmask today a few of our natural tendencies when it comes to to conflict, okay? So when it comes to conflict, the first thing that some of us are tempted to do is to dominate conflict. This is this is where we go to just to just power up on it, right? We we some of you are saying, yeah, I'm living with him right here. You know, it's, it's her, it's him, yeah. Just preach on this for a little bit, Pastor Brad. But this is how conflict plays out. I'm the boss. I said it. It's done. You listen to me, right? We get loud, high intensity yelling. No, no, no. I'm the boss. I put my foot down, and when I put my foot down, you don't step over it, right? This is how some of us, this is our conflict resolution style. Probably not the best way to deal with conflict. Another tendency that that some of us have, this is our go-to for uh, conflict resolution, and it's to ignore it. Well, you know, if I just forget about it, it'll go away. Like, it, it'll wither away if I just don't have a conversation. If, I mean, that, that huge thing will just wither away and die. Yeah, yeah I'll just ignore it. It's not, it's not worth it. We think that, that time heals, don't we? That's, we've heard it said, but guess what? Time may help, but time doesn't heal. The only thing that heals is the power and the presence of God. It's not time that's going to heal your situations that you're dealing with. And when you study the Word of God, you find that it's more difficult to use this type of conflict resolution. I think it'll go away, but it's actually so much deeper than that. In fact, the Bible would speak to the fact that it will create this bitter root on the inside of you, and it will get deeper, and it will spread, and it will grow, and it will become more difficult to pull out the longer that you allow it to fester. The third let's unmask the third natural tendency that some of us have when it comes to dealing with conflict. This is my favorite one. Some of us we just like to to whine about it. And once again some of you were like preach a little while pastor. Whine about I just want to fuss. I just, listen, if I'm miserable, you're going to be miserable. And your theme song is is the old Louis Armstrong when he says, nobody knows the trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Complain your way through it and just see what happens. Try that one on. A fourth tendency that we're unmasking today is that some of us just choose to white flag it. White flag it. And this, this, is, this is the interesting part, is many of us think that this is the godly way of handling conflict. This is, this is what God would want me to do. Peace at any price. Okay, okay, honey. Okay. You win. You're right. Absolutely. You just want it to be okay so you don't have to deal with the root of the issue. So it's oh yeah, sure, man. White flag. And here's the last one that we're going to talk about. And listen, I, when I say this, you have to understand that you have to say you have to understand it within context. Okay, so I understand that there's um, circumstances uh, in life that happen where it might warrant this to be the case, okay? So you you have to go with me on this one. Uh, I'm not making an extreme general blanket statement here, but in general, uh, and this is sad too. It's really sad because uh, society would tell us that this is the right way to handle conflict. Some of us just choose to say, you know what, I'm done, and end it. And once again, I realize that there are some some circumstances that happen in life where this might be justified, but some people just live with this as an out. Like you go into your wedding day thinking that, oh, well, I mean, if this just isn't all it's cracked up to be, then I can always walk, right? I can always just walk right out the door. We, we play, we hold this card in our back pocket, and, and if you cross the line one more time, I, it's not worth it, I'm out of here. Right? We play the card a lot. I don't have to put up with this. And we start buying into the lies that, well, I mean, I've heard it said, it's so cliche, but maybe the grass is greener on the other side. I mean, maybe, there, maybe it is better over there. And we justify it with the kids. My children will will be okay if if mom, they'll be better if mom and dad go their separate ways. And I got to tell you this morning, that is a lie from the enemy. Your children will not be better if you separate and go your separate ways just because you want to end it, because things aren't, aren't the way that you thought they should be. Listen, if the grass is greener on the other side, their water bill's higher. They got problems too, especially in the city of Austin. And these are all wrong ways to handle conflict, but they seem to be the most traveled down paths when dealing with conflict. And so today, listen, I want to give you some ideas, some some godly ideas when it comes to conflict that, that might seem overly simplistic, but watch. They're extremely difficult to live out. I want to teach you some things that you might want. Brad, that's easy. But few of us will actually walk out of here and do it. And I told you this before. And I'm going to say it one more time because it's coming. You're going to have the tendency to push back. Oh, man, I don't know. For them, it's them. You're preaching good to my husband. You don't know my situation. I mean, that would work for most, but if you were to hear my story, you wouldn't be preaching that, and I get that, but I need a huge favor, okay? I need a massive favor for the next few minutes. No pushback. No, just, just consider, you can come in next Sunday when pastors preach it, and you just push back all you want. No, I'm kidding, don't do that. I, I kid. But for the next few moments, just consider that what we're going to talk about just might be true. And that actually, it might be the solution to most of the problems that you're dealing with. Blanket statement, I get it. But I'm willing to make it because I I believe that it... It could just be true for many of the situations that you're you're dealing with. And the principle that we're going to talk about when it comes to conflict is really found in just two verses uh, from the book of James. And this is not James the disciple. This would be James the brother of Jesus. And he starts with this question in James chapter 4. He says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? To which our first response is, Yeah, it's them! them! right? It, it's, it's, uh, it's the person that, that I work with. At the, it's my boss. If you knew my boss, ah! <laughs> to which some of you would say also, it may not be them, but it's Mopac at five o'clock or eight o'clock or I-35 at any part of the day. That's what causes a lot of my quarrels and my, my conflicts. And there's a lot of answers that you could give, let's be honest, to what causes our our fights and our quarrels, right? There's a lot of them. And even behind that answer would be a very convincing story as to why this might be true. But when it comes to conflict, one of the things that, that most of us tend to do is we blame other people. We blame them for the reason that, that things aren't going the way that we, we thought that we should. And, and I don't know how that's working out for you, to be really honest. I, I'm not sure. But, but I've never met anybody that said, I just started blaming everybody else. And uh, my goodness, my life got better. <laughs> my problems went away. It just fixed everything. Uh, no, I, it's never happened. It doesn't work that way. Could it be? That the source of the fights and the quarrels is not the circumstances that you're dealing with. It's not the highway. It's not the boss. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. And James is about to get all up in our face when he says this Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Uh oh. What he's saying is the issue is really something going on on the inside of you. James breaks it down. He gets so in our face. He's saying, but what if you just pause for a moment and considered... That it could be something happening on the inside of you. The reason that you're so mad on the highway might be because of you. The reason that they're so hard to live with might be because of you. And I feel the pushback. I mean, if you knew my situation, Pastor Brad. Do you know what the common denominator is in all of your fights and quarrels? You! I've been a part of every single one that I've been in. I don't know about you. Could it be true that the issue is not everything else, but it just might be something going on on the inside of us? And watch what James says. In verse 2, he says, you want something, but you don't get it. You're wanting something and you're, you're not getting it. And isn't this true that this is the reason for a lot of our fights and quarrels? That we want something from somebody or a situation and we're not getting it. So we get frustrated and we get mad. You wanted to hurry up and get home, but they cut you off. You wanted that promotion, but your coworker got it instead. If you would just listen to me more. And now we're on edge and we're frustrated and we have the tendency to do what James would say next. Watch. He says, and you kill and you covet to what you say. Pastor Brad, I've done some bad things, but I'm not a murderer. Fair statement. I get it. But have you ever considered that you kill relationships with the words that come out of your mouth? That we destroy people with our actions and our reactions to things that we're dealing with. And from time to time, we actually do kill and we do destroy and we do covet. Oh, it may not be the physical action of murder, but the things that you say in response to situations has the tendency to kill relationships if you're not careful. You know how this plays out, right? When you know conflict is on the horizon, when there's this, just, just it's weird in the air, you know, and you know it's coming. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. What do we do? Let's be honest. Oh, baby, we're planning, we're rehearsing. Oh, if they hit me with this, here's what I'm going to say. We get every scenario in our mind. I'm telling you, I've never gone into a fight with Cassidy where I didn't know what I was going to say. I love you, babe. And here's the funny part. It don't matter what I say, she's always got a trump card. She, oh, she's good at it, man. That's right. Ah, that's funny. But it's true, isn't it? We, we plan and we rehearse. We've got a whole scenario for every statement that they might say. We know where we're going. And James says you kill and you covet you can't have what you want. Now, this is tough for us to to comprehend, and it might be a stark revelation to some of us, but did you know that you can't have everything that you want? And I think we in America struggle with this in particular because we've convinced ourselves that... We can have everything that we want. And if this is your mindset going through life, I have a feeling that you're probably living a very miserable life. It's hard for some of us to imagine that the earth and everything in it was not created to satisfy all of your desires. I told you I was going to get all up in your face. I warned you. Can I tell you that people will never satisfy all of your desires? They're not going to satisfy everything that you need. So, what if, what if we, what if we try doing what James would say next? Watch this. He says, You do not have because you do not ask. In essence, James is saying this, this this could be the answer to your issue. So what causes the fights and the quarrels? Guess what? It's probably not them. It's probably you because you were wanting something and you weren't getting it. And so we kill and we covet and we fight and we quarrel. But you can't have everything that you want. And what you need to be doing is talking to God about it. That is that is really what you need to be doing. So before you, would you pause long enough before you sent the email, before you made the complaint, before you said those words, before you, 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 signed on the dotted line on the divorce, before you yelled at your kids, before you go roaring down the hall doing whatever it is that you're going to do. And God says, why don't you just talk to me about what you want? I mean, I realize that you're frustrated, but why don't you pause long enough to just come talk to me and let, let's see what we can get figured out. And here's the crazy thing. Listen, when we do this, when you, when you take this step of faith, it's tough because you might realize that you're more of the problem than you care to admit. But also, we find out that God has some other solutions, some ways of dealing with it, some ways of, of getting healthy. And dealing with conflict in the right manner. So what do we learn from James chapter 4? And I want to run through these because I think these are incredibly important. I want to give you four things to try when it comes to dealing with conflict in your life. And I want you to jot them down if you're taking notes. Every time that there is a conflict, I will first look within myself And this is the last thing that some of us are inclined to do. Okay, Pastor Red, I'll write it down, but it really is her. It really is him. If you would live with me for five minutes, you would know. And I'm still telling you today that you need to look within yourselves and see what's going on. Just see if there's something on the inside of you that could be causing these fights and these quarrels. Even Jesus would address this in the book of Matthew. He says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye to which our response is, well, the speck is in my eye and the plank is in their eye to which Jesus said, you must not have heard me very clearly because how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? realize this is this is funny when you stop and think about how tough we are on people and how graceful we are on ourselves have you realized how you give yourself the benefit of the doubt but you will act you will just go after people but i mean i wouldn't have done that but damn i can't believe you have you ever realized how we judge ourselves this is powerful based upon our intentions on what we meant to do but we judge others on their actions and we've done it for so long that we don't even realize that it might be us look within yourselves the second thing when conflict arises that i want you to try is this is to talk to god first listen before you go to people go to god I can't tell you how much this would diminish the conflict that you have to deal with in your life if you would go to God before you go to people. If we would go to God before we opened our mouth, right, it would would deflate so much of what's happening. And it's interesting because we see this play out in the word of God. You might find yourself a lot like David did all throughout the book of Psalms. Have you read the beginning of his chapters? He's like, God, where are you? Where were you when I needed you the most? You left me. And then at the end of the chapter, he's like, you're the most incredible. I worship you. I honor you. Because something happens when you go to God first. It softens everything that you're dealing with. There's power in talking to God first. What would happen if you went to God before you went storming down the hallway? I'll tell you what would happen. Your kids would like you more. Your employees would enjoy working for you. Your spouse might enjoy living with you instead of just putting up with you. That's that's all. No big deal. (laughs) Philippians chapter 4 would say this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Talk to God before you talk to people. And watch what will happen. It continues. Verse 7 And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You need peace about something? Talk to God before you talk to people. Proverbs, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. James chapter 119, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And here's my theory. If you would do the first two, the third would be a natural byproduct of the first two. So is it possible that the fights and the quarrels and the arguments just might have something to do with us? Yeah, I think. Here's the third thing that I want you to implement when conflict arises. And this is important you've got to allow god to do a work inside of you because there's some things that you can't fix on your own and you need god to intervene in a mighty powerful miraculous way like only he can do are you like this is more in your face i told you i was going to be all up in there today listen did you know that god actually uses this stuff sometimes we're asking god to take away the conflict and god says "No, no no this is working perfectly This is working just the way I did. I don't like it either. Trust me, I I don't enjoy just conflict. But God allows conflict. God God doesn't tempt us, but he doesn't mind us being tested. And to go through the furnace of, of trial for the perfecting of our faith. You know what he wants? He wants you and I to grow up. I'm including myself in this, and we do this as parents, don't we? Kids come home, Dad, can I go outside and play? No, go upstairs and do your homework right? No, dad, please. No, no, you have homework to do, son. You got to go get that done. There's some things. Dad, why? Because I want you to grow. I want you to learn. But here's the funny part. We don't expect God to do the same thing to you and I. He's saying, listen, I need you to go upstairs in the classroom and learn something. I want you to grow. I want something to change in you. Randy, would you help me, please, sir? He's developing our character. And here's another revelation, man, that you need to know about God. Is that if you don't learn what he's trying to teach you, you just might get to take the class again. Which means this, that you might be the reason that the season is prolonged in your life. it could be said if that we would just learn some of the things that God is trying to teach us that we wouldn't have to go through it over and over again and i'm not making this stuff up watch what first peter says so be truly glad be glad that your wife is so mean i just interjected that that's not in the bible There is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. These trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it's strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. It's got to get hot to purify gold. And watch what happens. And your faith is far more precious to God than gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his turn I think far too often you and I are trying to bail out of the very school that God is trying to develop us in just pause say it might be me I've got I just might have some stuff going on on the inside of me that I need to check first before I go storming down the hallway of my house or of my job And immediately the Bible says that the peace of God will be with you. And here's the last thing that I want you to get. Would you stand with me? I'm wrapping this up. Is that you can't expect from man what should only come from God. We keep looking for the world to satisfy all of our desires. We keep thinking that that people will satisfy all of our desires. And you're trying to get something from someone that they don't have the capability to give you. God didn't design them that way. He designed you to depend on God, not on them. And so what I'm trying to tell you in this moment is, listen, you've got to lower your expectations of people and raise your expectations of God. And when you do that, you're going to be a whole lot less disappointed in life because people will fail you, but God will never, ever let you down. Psalms 33 says this, let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. It's not in them. It's not in my business. It's not in my kids. Uh, My hope is in you and you alone. So here's how I wanna end our time together today when it comes to, to conflict. Here's what I believe. I believe one of the most important areas for you and I to get conflict right is in our relationships with our husbands and with our wives because the enemy listen church the enemy knows that if he can get a foothold in your marriage it will affect everything that you do throughout the day throughout the week if you're miserable at home listen you're going to be miserable on the job Your kids are going to be miserable. It's a ripple effect. I can't tell you how important it is to deal with conflict in a godly manner. Obviously in all areas of your life, but especially if you are married in this room, that you get this right. And so we're going to do something a little different. Cass, will you come up here for a second? Here's how I want to close our time together today. If you're married, listen, I want you to put your arm around your spouse. Hold them, pull them close. I know this may be the first time you've done that in a long time. I know it's funny, but I'm being serious for some of us. And listen, the enemy is trying to get a foothold in your relationship. And for far too long when it comes to conflict in your house, you've ignored it, you've dominated it, you've white flagged it. Some of you are at the point where you say, you know what, I'm done. And I believe that God's got more in store for your relationship. And listen, this is so powerful and this may be weird for some of you. If it is, you don't have to do it, but if you try it, I promise you God's gonna do something through it. We're gonna pray over you together. But husbands, I want you to speak life over your wife. Listen, no longer will I try to dominate conflict. No longer will I will I ignore conflict or, or white flag conflict or whine about conflict. And guess what, honey? I know it may get tough. But if it's just everyday ordinary conflict, I, you need to know that ending it is not an option for me. Come on, you know how much better and stronger your relationship's going to be, husbands, when your wives hear you say that? And vice versa, listen, when your husband's done, honey, I want you to tell your wife the same thing or tell your husband the same thing. There's power, and I'm not saying this to, to pat us on the back. That's not what it was about, but this, it's not even in my notes. It just hit me, but Cassie and I got married on this stage 11 years ago, and standing right over here, we were doing, what was it, the candle thingy? Yeah. It's been 11 years, forgive me. And I looked at her, and I didn't know what I was saying. I had no idea I would preach this message 11 years later. But I looked at her, I said, babe, I don't know what we're going to go through. I don't even know how to do relationships. I don't know what I'm doing. But here's what I do know, is that ending it is never going to be an option for you and I. And I don't know what the future holds, but here's what I do know, that by the help and the grace of God, we're going to deal with conflict the right way. And listen, I want that for you as well. So here's what I want you to do. Come on, hold them close. Act like you love them. And I'm gonna pray over you. And as I pray over you, I want you to speak words of life over your spouse right now. And you're gonna be amazed at what God does through this moment. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray together. Lord, God, I thank you for my friends who are in this room today. I thank you for every relationship that is in this house. I thank you for every husband and every wife who have stood before you and said you know what together we are better together we're gonna do this forever and i pray right now that you would strengthen every relationship in this house that you would strengthen every marriage in this house and god i know conflict comes up and i know we dominate it i know we ignore it i know we white flag it i know we whine about it and i know sometimes ending it seems like the best option but God, I pray right now that you would do something miraculous in the relationships that are just hanging on by a thread where conflict has gotten so big and so strong that we don't even want to deal with it anymore. God, I pray that you would bless every marriage. I pray that you would touch every home. And as a byproduct, Lord, our kids are going to be stronger. On our jobs, we're going to be better to our employees and everyone that we come in contact with we choose to deal with conflict in the right way. Let us take the mask off. Let us deal with this difficult issue that it's so easy to leave on and push aside and say, oh, I'll deal with it another time. Let us handle it today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Listen, listen, it's going to be real easy. I told you, for you to walk out of here today and to not put these principles into practice because they're not easy. But if you will, listen, you will be amazed at what will start happening in your relationships. If you will start dealing with difficult situations in a godly manner, God's gonna blow your mind. I love you guys. Thanks for being an incredible audience. Listen, we'll see you Wednesday night. Do not miss church on Wednesday night. Guess who's preaching Wednesday night? You're pastor. You won't want to miss it. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you on Wednesday.